Hey guys, Nomi here. A small disclaimer about the audio quality in this episode. Unfortunately, my mic is not working as it should and we are aware of some sound quality issues from my end of things. Rest assured we are working on this for future episodes. Lethan, who was editing this week, has done an amazing job fixing up the audio. However, I just wanted to apologise in advance. Thank you for your continued support. Now, on with the show. A Bleach fandom community podcast brought to you by Gein's Find a Friend Amigo app. Have you lost your lope? Are things getting lonely? Don't worry, use this app to find fellow sadists today in your area. My name is Lethan, and today I'm joined by Nomi. Yes. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Nomi. How are you doing? I'm good, yes. How are you? Yes, very good, very good. We have uh, a lot to get on with this year, haven't we? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not daunting at all. No. no, not at all, not at all. We were just gliding along at our glacial pace and then bleach hit us with like a ton of bricks. So now we have to step our foot on the gas a little. Now we have to be like Ichigo and Lanbanka in three days. No big deal. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it feels like. That's exactly what it feels like. Robert, to turn that dial up to Yoroichi. All right. Yeah. So, uh, will we kick it off with our episode summaries? We shall. So, in episode 152, Ichigo Strikes Back, This Is My Bankai, the episode starts off with Dondo Chaka chasing Renji, saying he needs to find Nell. Else? Else what? Who knows? Renji certainly doesn't, as he kept running away. I mean, who wouldn't? Meanwhile, Ichigo is still being stubborn, his stubborn self, in his refusal to go Bankai in his fight against Dordoni, which makes a change. When Dordoni unleashes what could be a fight-ending Sero, Nell jumps in and swallows it. She should have said if she was hungry. When Dordoni attacks Nell in retaliation, Ichigo finally goes Bankai, revealing that he was holding back for fear he wouldn't be able to defeat stronger opponents. He defeats Dordoni and Nell heals him, and Dordoni laments that he just wanted to be a real boy, before repaying Ichigo's kindness by attacking him again. This brings us into episode 153, the devilish research, Salapro's plan. After Ichigo defeats Dordoni a second time, a group of people called the Exque- ex- ex- the Execution Squad appear <laughs> and tell Dordoni that they're there to execute Ichigo, who he then proceeds to defend because Ichigo was a right cool pal and didn't hold anything back on him. We see Chad struggling against Gan Tenbane and a Arankar with an orange afro, and Uryu isn't having much luck either, fighting the Arankar who's using like this unusual yo-yo style power, uh, who we don't get the name of, but to be honest, I'm just going to call her the yo-yo Arankar because I don't care enough to remember any of these people's names. We see Zalapro getting pulled up by Aizen for his part that he played while Rukia runs an endless flight of stairs only to be led into a room with, wait for it, Lieutenant Kai and Shiba. That brings us nicely into episode 154, Rukia and Kayan, the Sorrowful Reunion. Rukia is stunned, rightfully so, facing her mentor and the man she killed. We get some beautiful flashbacks to her time training with him, interspersed with the clash of their training swords as Kayan proceeds to literally mindfuck Rukia around. 
After telling her how his body was fused with the hollow before returning to Las Noches, he then tells her of a plan that only she can help with, and when she runs towards him, he tries to dispatch her, blaming her for killing him. Determined to set things right, Rukia offers to exchange her life to settle the score, but resolves that she won't do this until she rescues her friend. Kayan then asks for her to bring the four heads of her friends instead, which outrages Rukia, and she then resorts to using her Shikai to beat Kayan back, understanding that who she is facing cannot be the loving mentor that she once knew. We had three vastly different episodes this week. Yes, I feel like these episodes were like... Like, the first two didn't really care that much about, like, there was some kind of cool Aizen and Gein stuff interspersed in there. There was, like, it was really cool getting to see Zalapro and who he is and getting that kind of introduction, like, because obviously he's going to, he's obviously an important character that he wouldn't have popped up. Um, yeah, so that's when we've got his name as well, wasn't it? Yes, yes, because we saw him sitting at the table of <laughs> the Espada, so we know he's an Espada, so we're getting that. And then for me, it was the last episode that I've got most of my notes for because this is Rukia is going up against an actual espada. Like everybody else is fighting, are fighting these fake espadas that got replaced. Rukia is <laughs> actually fighting an espada, and so yeah. and it is Kai and Shiba. So most of my notes are for that episode. I'm not gonna lie. Like I don't give a shit about the other fights that are happening right now. That's fine. They, they weren't that interesting. <laughs> really, really not. It makes me wonder, like, why are they... Why? Like, what is the purpose of this? So, I understand Ichigo's fight. And do you know what? I'll discuss this more when we get into it, but we've, we've changed up our format slightly, haven't we? Because we now want mm-hmm. the manga and anime differences up front. So, yeah. just so that we know we're discussing canon content. So, I'll let you, I'll let you take it away with them. Okay, so, episode 152... Um, takes place during manga chapters 252, 253, and half of 254. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about standard. So it, yeah, that, that's pretty standard. It's a whole new volume as well. This volume is number 29. It's, got, it's called The Flashing Opera. Mm-hmm. And on the cover of that opera is our Yo-Yo Girl. So oh, cool. Yay. There's that. As for manga anime differences in the first episode, it was literally just fight padding. Um, 14 pages of manga got turned into 10 minutes in the anime. <laughs> okay. Just fight because filler. they stretched out uh, the fight and play, played around with him, not wanting to go Bankai anymore. Um, so yeah, it was literally just the fight padding for that one. Okay. And so the vomit and saliva thing is actually canon? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, so. Okay, okay, okay. Right, okay, well, let's discuss that episode then. So, for me, like, I felt like this this fight made sense to me out of all the fights that were seen other than Rukia's, which we'll get to. But this fight kind of made sense because even although I don't give a, a... I don't care about Dordoni. Like, I'm sorry, if he's a favourite character of yours out there, if you're one of, like, <laughs> five people that exist in the world who like him, then that's fair. But, like, I, I feel like he was put there because Ichigo needed to exert some of his power. Like, he was the realisation for Ichigo that Ichigo cannot just keep ploughing on and saving his holification and his Bankai for the people that he wants to, such as Ukiora, Grimjou. And I guess in Ichigo's mind, people like probably Gin, Tozen and Aizen are probably other people that he's thinking he'll have to reserve his power for. He's had to use it on, like, an Arankar that we just didn't... Like, nobody cares about. So... 
that's a huge surprise. I think, like, from Ichigo's perspective, I understand it. But, yeah. Like, so that battle kind of made sense. Did it need to go on for as long as it did? Probably not. But here we are. Do you think Ichigo was smart in doing what he was doing? Like, he was purposefully withholding his strength because he didn't think, as you said, he wouldn't be able to beat the stronger opponents. Do you think he was right to have done that? Or do you think he should have got just sliced him down to get to them faster? I I can understand his want to do that. I, th- I think it's hard because obviously we don't know how much power that actually drains from him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and does getting beaten around like that use up less energy than his Bankai and Holification? Like, who knows? Uh, so it's very hard to answer that properly. I just keep like circling back to that episode of Dragon Ball Z where Goku and Gohan learn to stay in Super Saiyan form. Like just day to day, they just live like that so that they never need to quote unquote power up so they use way less energy doing it. And I just think that if, if Ichigo could learn to do something similar with his Bankai, I think that would help him out. But obviously he just didn't have time to do something like that. Um, yeah, and that's obviously the way they were trying to do that with a hollow mask you know what I mean like keep it on yeah. for longer it's really about stamina then isn't it rather than than just your energy it's stamina as well and I, 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 the bottom answer is, is I don't know what do you think torn between you know I see where he's coming from but it is a kind of little bit foolish thinking that um, that he just could have it's just the type of person anyway who goes Bankai at the smallest drop. We he he hadn't really grasped all this new power. He was still kind of learning about it. He thought, you know, going Bankai was the best thing and there was nothing beyond Bankai. But now he's got this hollow and he's learning to harness his hollow, which I mean he harnessed his hollow very well in that he fight. He he was like, I've only got this for a second, but he used that second. There was no waffle and he just went straight for it. He did. Um so you can see the growth from Ichigo, from when he was first storming the Serate to rescue Rukia, to now he's storming the um, Quakermundo to rescue Ohime, you can see a difference in his power levels and his understanding of his own power. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think he was he was right to do that, but I also think there probably could have been a, another way that he could have done it as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I'm just, I'm just going to say this once, like, I don't the audience probably knows I've got very little uh, tolerance for bullshitty things now. Wow, I'm very much a third almost. Yeah, I can see why that score was quite high on my go test. But, like, these side characters, like Don DeChaka, Pache, like, I don't care for them. I don't, I'm not interested. So see the scenes with, like, him and Renji and that, like, I don't care. Um, but I did really, even although Nell is annoying as fuck, like, she's really annoying. Um, and I think part of that's got to do with the nippy voice actress that they've got for her in the dub, which is really grating. It's like nails on a chalkboard. But I did love seeing Ichigo went bonkai for her, like to protect her. And then yeah. it was nice getting that little moment of like him almost chopping off that guy's, like uh, uh, the, the Arankar's fingers to protect her again. And like little scenes like that were pretty cute. Yeah. And then the vomit and saliva thing, just please... No. I mean, I'm torn between liking it and not liking it. Um because mm. like I feel like there's a, a certain et- etiquette when it comes to female characters and it is nice to see Kubo break that. But I feel like the saliva was enough. Like he could have yeah. that could it could have stopped there. It went a bit too far for me. <laughs> yeah, don't don't watch when you're eating your dinner. 
Speaking of Nell, though, mm-hmm. her surprising way of saving Ichigo by swallowing Dordoni's sarrow. Yes, that I was mean, very cool. That was. And considering the fact that Dordoni is a fallen Espada, so he was up there with the big dogs, and then you've got this little tiny little Nell who doesn't look or act like anything important or strong and she just goes and fully swallows the sarrow and reflects it back at him mm-hmm. that's got to take some power that has and i wonder if that ties in to what don Dechaka was saying where he was like we have to get to nail before she before she and then he kind of gets cuts off yeah so there's obviously yeah, something yeah. more to nail that we're getting hints at that we don't know about and we're seeing this little flash of her power so there's something there there's something there and I hope it redeems now, because, you know, the moment yeah. now's not in our good books, so maybe this might not redeem now. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Uh, but that was, like, all I had for 152, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, because most of it was just, you know, understanding Ichigo, finding out a bit Ichigo, also kind of feeling a little bit sorry for Dodoni, in a sense, until yeah. he stabbed Ichigo. But... Um, you can see where Dordoni is coming from as well. He's just been demoted and other people have taken his place. So, yeah, he's going to want to try and prove himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Did, I think he would have been one of those characters I would have liked to have gotten more time with and I probably would have ended up liking. I think out of the three that are being fought right now um, against, like, Uriu, Chad and Ichigo, he's my favourite. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, and then that brings us into one five three. Then, so what are our manga and anime differences for one five three? Okay, so one five three is the start of some very interesting anime choices. Okay, Let's just say that. I'll start off by saying one five three takes the manga chapters. It takes the last half of two hundred and fifty four. It takes half of two hundred and fifty six, two hundred and fifty five. It takes a couple of pages of 256, and it takes a few pages of 262. Oh, Jesus, so it jumps around. It does. It, right. it really does. Um, so there's a lot of jumping around. Um, there is reasons that I can't uh, go into. Like, Rukia mentioned, you know how we see that short clip, short clip of Rukia? And she's like, oh, Chad and Ishida's virtual um, pressures are fluctuating. Mm-hmm. It's only Chad that she mentions in the manga because something happens with that fight that we haven't seen yet in the anime. So it's going to be interesting how they come back around to that. Okay. And um, anime Ishida's a lot more sexist. Anime Ishida? Really? Yep. Yep. Why? So he, he's all about, um, in his fight against Yo-Yo Girl... Um, who is another difference. We actually get her name in the manga, but we don't get her name in the anime. Uh, because it, that's when it starts jumping. She's about jumping. to tell her, has her name, and that's when we skip to other people. I really so, don't care for her name anyway. Like, even when she gives me it, I'm going to be like, yeah, yo, yo, get out, because I, I really don't care. I, I, couldn't, I was wanting her name so I could at least learn how to pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, yeah, he's talking about, oh, she's female, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, is she, that's really sexist of you. Like, I can't, I didn't, I can't remember the exact quote, but she's like, um, it was, this female Avanka is using, and it was very 
specific, and it's annoying me that I can't remember what the what the quote is, uh, but it was very specific to a femi- um, like being very sexist and making a note the fact that she is a female Arankar, not just a Arankar. Like it was very much different to female Arankar. I don't know what it was like in the um, dub. I'd, I barely paid attention if I'm being yeah. honest but yeah I guess that's not in the manga then and it's a bit of shame actually because Uryu's character has never struck me like that and I don't think Kubo intends for him to be like I never got that even when he was speaking about or thinking about Orihime when they were in the Soul Society together like he yeah. never he never ever struck me as a as a, a kind of sexist character um, so that's a bit disappointing. And again, it's just like the anime does butcher characters. Like, especially for me, Uru, Renji, and Orihime's character gets absolutely butchered in the anime. Um, but yeah, nice to know. Yeah. And it was weird because there was a whole fight scene in the anime that wasn't in the manga that actually probably could have done with being in the manga. Mm-hmm. Because it was all about is showing... The, I don't know, I felt like the anime was redeeming Ishida because they were making him into this strategic smart person who's like watching and observing how Yo-Yo Girl is fighting. Mm-hmm. But then he, but then the anime debunks that and kind of um, goes back on themselves because they gave, they gave the girl this, re- like, this gimmick of how she fights. But then they completely took that away from her so they could get back to the manga. So it was it was both that could have been done just to see how calculating Ishida could be when he fights and give him that little bit of, look, he is smart, he can fight strategically. Mm-hmm. But it was weird in the sense that they had to give her this fake gimmick to then realise, then come back to the manga. So it was 50-50 for that difference. Anything else or was that, was that us? That was, that was it, um, pretty much, yeah. This is the start of all the interesting anime differences. So, all right. But yeah, as we said, there's not really much to this episode. We've got the yo-yo girl. <laughs> um, we well, we learned a little bit more about the um execution squad. Yes. Which was interesting that they came here to kill, um, Ichigo, but Dordoni saved them, saved him, and let him escape. I did like that. That was quite a redeeming moment for Dordoni as a character in my eyes. That was a moment where I was kind of like, okay, you've caught my attention, but now you're dead. So, like, bye. Um, yeah. But, like, if he'd stuck around a lot more and had more moments like that, I would have been invested in him. Definitely. And then, of course, we met Zylapor. Yes, and um, like Dale is not here to obviously oh. gush over this character, but we know that Dale is a fan, and this is just a very brief insight. And Zalapro was the one who ordered the execution squad without consulting Aizen, but Aizen did yeah. say, you know, as long as you've got reason, that's fine. And then they mentioned research, so I'm getting kind of Miyuri Kurutsuchi yeah. vibes from this situation here. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can see that. He do, yeah. Like, what research? What is he wanting yeah. to research? Like, yeah. Yeah. And Aizen kind of strikes me as only half interested. He feels like kind of like he's humouring Zalapro. Like, go do your research, you know. Like, it's like sending a child away to play with their Legos in the room. Oh, like, yeah, 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 that's cool. You go and, you go and do that. That's fine. Daddy will be over here building a real house, you know. That's, that was kind of the energy I was getting from it. I don't know. I don't think Aizen is particularly attached to any of his espada if I'm being completely honest I think he just thinks of himself as so far above them I think he seems more invested in Ichigo to be honest like what he was saying when he turned to 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 Gein 
and he's like surprised by how much strength Ichigo took to defeat them. And you know, mm-hmm. but he was like, he was almost disappointed. But he was kind of like, oh, that did you know, it took more than than I thought it would have. Like, kind of like he expected better. And it feels like he's just setting Ichigo up all these tasks to grow his power. It feels like Aizen is still fully in control of absolutely everything that's happening. Yeah, he's probably he's a symbolism of as as the anime watcher because he's not paying he doesn't really care what Ishida and Chad and Renji yeah, he's really yeah. focused on Ichigo so you know <laughs> I I agree yes I agree yeah it was I mean it, I, I wish he'd made a, a little note of Renji though like because obviously he was mostly talking mostly talking about Ichigo or referring to Ichigo but like I was like God's sake so Renji not only needs help fighting he needs help running now as well I don't know if that was in the the manga, not where Don DeChaka was like carrying him running. Um, Benji's like, Why are you doing this? It's like, Because I sense Nell. So Don DeChaka had sensed Nell probably when she had swallowed the Sero yep. and then released it back. So that was like the power fluctuation that caused Don DeChaka to then chase after, like, pick up Renji and run even faster. I'm like, but then Renji's like, Well, you didn't have to pile drive me. <laughs> Do you know, I just, I feel so sorry for Renji as a character. It's just like, really? Okay. 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 I just want to prove myself to my boss. Why do I get this here? <laughs> um, one thing, though, at the end of this episode, because this is us now coming into the episode I'm very excited to talk about, but <laughs> Rukia at the end, like, she goes up all those stairs and then she comes out into a bridge. And I don't know about you, but I was getting flashbacks myself to her execution holding cell. That bridge that led to that tall building, and I wonder if she was feeling a little bit the same, and I wonder if that's symbolism for what she's about to walk into. Because that's what it felt like. Like, for me, the holding cell was where she reflected a lot on what she'd done throughout her life, and including killing Kayan. And now it's Kayan leading her into a similar building across a similar bridge. And I was I don't think that was... I think that was done on purpose. Like, I don't think that was a coincidence. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, if Aizen's pulling the strings and if Aizen's created this lap notches, I mean, he created the sky above lap notches. So, I mean, he could have created the um, buildings below. He probably did that on purpose, knowing that she would at least one day find her way into his quarters or whatever it is. I actually think it was Gein that was pulling some of the strings here as well. So even though Aizen designed the place, we saw that behind the scene, Gein was the one that was actually manipulating where they were all ending up. Because yes. he found it fascinating. Because he, he, he liked, what was it he says? He likes a happy ending or something. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. <clears throat> but if you think about it, then Gein was on that bridge. Yep. So he could have, He yeah, he exactly knows what he's doing he knows the kind of effect that's going to have on her mental health absolutely i think this has been done on purpose and then of course we find out that rukia is going up against an espada like an actual espada not an ex espada not a fired espada an actual espada number nine Mm -hmm. and and it is kai and shiba which brings us into the next episode so have you got any final notes for one five three um nope nothing for 153 so 154 then um 154 takes page takes bleach uh, manga chapters 263 264 and 265 so we have now fully skipped 
a good, what, did I, what was the last one I said? 256? So yeah, a good seven chapters of the manga, which is a good two fights. We've completely just skipped them. Are they, are they the conclusion of Chad and Uru's fight? Mm-hmm. I wonder why the anime did that then. Do you think it was a pacing thing, maybe? Like, this fight with Kayan is obviously a lot more interesting, whereas the fights with the other two are less interesting. Possibly. It's giving them... It's reminding us that, you know, there is actually better to come. <laughs> yeah, there's better stakes, there's higher stakes happening. Yeah. But, I mean, it's... It's not a bad choice. It just means that there's a lot of skipping involved when reading manga chapters. <laughs> but there's a lot of differences within the actual anime and manga itself. There's a lot more flashback um, fleshing out. In the anime, they did this whole, they brought out the wooden swords. Um, and that kind of instilled a memory of when Kyan was training her with the wooden swords. Mm-hmm. With the manga just has the line, this warmth that feels like I've left my hand out in the sun for too long. Mm-hmm. And then that's all it took for um, Rukia to be convinced that it is Cayenne. And then they bring out the seats and they sit in chalk. Whereas anime Rukia needs a little bit more convincing that it's Cayenne. Right. Um, and yeah, it was definitely a lot more flashbacks. Um pretty much all of the flashbacks of her thinking and reflecting on everything was all anime added, including drunk um, Sentaro and Keanu. No, wait, no. I had to go back and watch episode 49, so now I'm confusing myself with all the flashbacks. Ignore that. (laughs) No worries. I'm getting all my episodes mixed up. But yes. I think when when it's jumping about the chapters of that, it must be hard to keep up with everything. It was, like, there was a lot of pausing and, like, frantically scrolling. Searching. Yeah. yeah, it's a good job, like, I watch them on, um, I read the manga on an app. Because if I, because I was watching this down at my parents, because I was down there for New Year's, and I only had, if I'd only taken, like, the one manga I thought I needed, I'd be yeah. in manga short. <laughs> that would have been me as well. Like, I, I have, I own the whole paper set of manga, so when I do, when I do the manga and anime differences, I've got the actual paper copy in front of me, so I would have been screwed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yes, I, I, okay, we spoke a little bit about this, about how Rukia was addressing, how Rukia and Kayan were addressing each other, so to me, Kayan was addressing Rukia as Rukia, and Rukia yeah. was addressing Kayan as Lieutenant. Yeah, so the manga, the manga has definitely westernised it, because the manga also had Kayan calling her Rukia, um, and calling and then Rukia calling Kayan Lieutenant Kayan. Mm-hmm. Whereas when I listened to the audio of the sub, there was something that really raised red, red flags for me, and that was the fact that Kayan constantly called Rukia Kuchki. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a soft Kuchki, it was very much a pause Kuchki. There was something about it that just that just triggered me, and it was just it was raising red flags in my in my head, and I was just like, "What? It's very subtle, but it's very good." So I went back and I watched episode forty nine, which is the scene when Rukia is in her repentance cell back in the first arc, reflecting on her path, and Kyan comes up, and the first time Kyan and Rukia ever meet. Kyan introduces himself as this as the lieutenant, as the assistant captain. 
Rukia introduces herself and Kayan calls her Rukia. Mm. He doesn't call her Kuchki. From the get-go, Kayan calls her Rukia. So now we're having this other Kayan, this Aronero Kayan, calling her Kuchki, and it just raised red flags for me. Mm, well spotted. Mm. But you're only ever going to get that on the sub, because both yeah. the manga and the anime, uh, the, the dub, have westernized it and called her her first name. Yep. Because you're not going to get that. You're not going to get the honorifics. Because the anime, the subbed anime, also calls, Rukia calls Kain, Kain Dono. And the Dono honorific is a little less than Sama. So it's like a lord, um, but it's a little bit less than a lord. It's kind of more familiar, Right. I would say. Mm, okay. So, yeah. Okay. I will admit, I know that uh, some of the scenes were not canon, but see the music stopping, the music kind of fading out between the flashbacks and then the swords clashing on each other, or the swords being mm-hmm. drawn, sorry, I should say. Um, the music stopping, that was really nice artistically because we'd done it twice in the episode that I counted and I, I clocked it and I was like, oh, that's very well done. Because it's yeah. like, okay, we've had this beautiful moment, but actually back to serious shit, you're in, you're in trouble. Um, I, I thought that was really good, and and uh, obviously, like my my notes have sad faces all over them because I'm like <laughs> Rukia, just like, I mean, what must she be feeling here? Like, yeah, like who, how, like, and obviously she ran practically right into his sword, and he nearly he nearly took it out with that one because he underestimated how much she'd grown. Because yes. obviously, whoever this person is, whether it is Kyan, whether it isn't Kyan, whether it is the Hollow that's in charge, whether it's Kyan that's in charge, we don't know. Whether it's a fusion of both of them, they obviously have knowledge of Rukia's skill from when Kyan was alive and training her and all of his memories. So they underestimated how much she'd grown and yeah, she managed and to get away. Yeah, you definitely get that impact more in the anime as well. Um, I've even written here, anime Aranewa is a lot meaner <laughs> because he really drags out and really kind of lulls her into that false sense of security and tries like, convincing her that it is him. <sighs> my heart, my heart, my heart, my heart. But this mm-hmm. is this brought an interesting discussion up between me, you, Dale and Shiki in the, the podcast host chat yesterday. Um, we were chatting about Rukia's relationship with Kayan and Miyako because, and I, I, I still stand firm with this, right? And I'm going to, I'm going to assume the people listening to this right now, I'm going to just, assume, I'm just going to take five minutes to assume that you're quite young, right? And if, because if you're older, you'll have experienced this, but there mm-hmm. will be people that you will meet in your life that will give you the butterfly feeling, that will make you feel shy, that will make you feel like you're unexplained like you've just got an unexplained draw to them and you can't put your finger on it but it isn't sexual but it is there and it's 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 like a crush but there's no sexual romantic feelings involved it's hard to explain exactly what it is but i feel like that was what rukia had for kyan and miyako that kind of like shy they're older mentor they're kind of attractive. They're like, there's like, there's, there's that butterfly feeling you've got in your stomach. You're drawn to them. You want to spend time with them. You want to please them. Mm-hmm. But it's not in a sexual yeah. way, if that makes sense. It's yeah, it's admiration. Yeah, and like the whole awe of just being around. Kyan was the first person who treated her almost like an equal. Yes, because especially because. 
watching that episode 49 again, you've got um you've got some random squad member coming in and he's like, all prim and proper, ooh, you're you're the daughter of Kuchki, you know, you're a noble, I need to treat you with your respect. And then you've got the contrast of Kain coming in and going, oi, you, hand on head, you know, what's your name, blah, 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 blah. And he was very down to earth. Mm-hmm. And to that, all Rukia wanted was someone to just treat her normally. Mm-hmm. And Kain did that. And yeah. that's going to stick in her head, stick in her head, and she's going to really admire him and thank him and be grateful for that and that's obviously going to instill those kind of feelings um yeah definitely yeah agreed 100% agreed so yeah so I think that that's because we, we were talking about that yesterday it's like a, it's a mentor crush really isn't it that's yeah. kind of like what we called it a mentor crush um and so like to have him come back in this way that must really fuck with her like it's just that's so sick it's so sick um and some of the some of what he was saying as well like you don't joke about things like that nope and it's like it's a case of oh yeah you killed me so i need to kill the person who killed me Uh uh-huh just kidding no no that that's not something a friend would do yeah, agreed. It's, it's, I think, and she was so ready to accept that part. It was only when he asked her to bring her, bring him the heads of her four friends that she snapped, right? So she was quite yeah. willing to accept that, yes, Kyan, like, I would happily trade my life to, to do the debt, like to read, to pay off this debt that I, I owe. And I don't really think that's a reflection on what she thinks of Kyan. I think that's more a reflection of how much she values herself. Yeah. Um, and so that's why she's so quick to just be like, yeah, I will give you my life, but I have to, I have to prioritize Orihime first. I'm here to save Orihime, and I will complete that mission. And then it's only when he asks for the heads of her friends that Rukia's like, what did you say? And so yeah. it's, it's proves, it proves to me that she values her friends above her own life. That's how I read yeah. that situation. Oh yeah, definitely. And like. It's probably the worst form of torture anyone could instill on someone. Um, Playing with their emotions, playing with their feelings like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, I mean, Ruki is smart. And even probably the smartest people would not, would fall for that. Because it's something so near and dear to her heart. Something that has affected her right from the get-go. So, yeah, it's completely understandable that, you know, this Araniro, this Cayenne, got as close to her as he did. Mm-hmm. But the moment, as you say, the moment he mentioned her friends, that's when she finally regained of her own mind and she was like, wait, no. No, that I can't do. Yep. You're not my Cayenne, because my Cayenne wouldn't do that. Yep. Oh, it was, it's very well done. Like, Kubo had a lot of fun here. Kubo yeah. had a lot of fun here. I will admit, right, a, a little bit of comic relief in the centre there was Gein's attempt to bond with Ukiora, which did really make me laugh. <laughs> I, I love the died. fact that Gein and Loopy were friends. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, why is nobody shipping them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so fun. That really made me laugh. That really made me laugh. So, yeah, that was that was very funny. I, I just love my little Renguki heart bang when when uh Rukia and Lisa Shikai and it's Renji that we cut to and Renji knows exactly what's going on. Mm. I was like, yay, 
he's probably <laughs> felt that before. And and speaking of feeling things like that before, Kayan was the he said I'm the one that trained you, and he was using words like typical and things, even although he's seeing her Shikai. So this proves that he knew about she had Shikai when he was training her. So if he, if she had Shikai when he was training her, where the fuck was it in episode one when she was fighting that first hollow? So one of three, one of three outcomes here, right? Number one, um, she was exposed to the Hokioku earlier than than it being in her gigai, and it just wasn't really explained very well. Number two, uh, Kubo fucked up and like messed up some of his timelines and stuff here, and and introduced his power and then didn't realize that oh shit well why didn't she use it in episode one i don't know and number three this is the one that i think is that rukia stopped using her shikai after she killed kyan because of the emotional turmoil it took on her and she only got it back after she realized that she's putting other people at risk by not being strong enough herself that's my head, Karen. It fits Rukia's character. It fits yeah. with the timeline. It fits with, you know, because Kubo told us that she got exposed to the Hokioku when she was in the Gigai that Urahara gave her. It fits that timeline. It fits Kayan still knowing about her powers. Uh-huh. And, and emo- we all know, like, emotional um, like trauma can really severely impact somebody. So that's, I feel like that is my head, Karen, and that's what happened. Yeah, no, I yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Yeah, that's what I've got in um, my um role play with Dale right now. We're role playing Ukitake and Rukia right now, but that's yeah. what I've I've put in that. I love it. Yeah, I was gonna throw in a silly one like and or number four, she's pulling an Ichigo and doesn't want to use her Shikai in a small fight because she's not gonna be able to defeat the stronger ones. But you, you know. <laughs> Ichigo must have got the idea from somewhere but no I, yeah, I agree with that it's actually similar to a headcanon I have for um an OC of mine mm-hmm. that you know trauma does kind of hold you back and it's not until you realize who you are and what you can achieve that you're going to be able to do these things well, 100% and especially like obviously it's going to be the next episode I won't give too much spoilers away for it but when we see what power Kayan has like, it makes sense that he would have been the one to train her in her power. So yeah, yeah. If she will associate her power with his. So when she killed him, I, that, that, I couldn't. I don't think I could face my own power again if I took yeah, out somebody no. that I cared that much for with it. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm actually really sad we didn't get to it in this episode. I know. Because it's literally the next panel. It's like, you literally... Can't... You can't not look away from the page without knowing in the manga, whereas they paused it at probably the right moment. <laughs> yep, yep. So we'll see it, we'll see it, we'll see it. But that that's yeah. me. That was pretty much all the major points I had for this episode. Um, Apart from my heart getting broken over and over and over again, my poor queen. Precious, I know. precious queen. What a shame. Yeah, yeah. Literally, it was just, a lot of it was just, you know. Oh, there was something. Mm-hmm. I am sad. Um, about the hollow that followed him, mm-hmm. Cabbage Head, I think we called him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of Aizen's experiments. Yes. So this brings alarm bells to me, as if to say, are we going to meet some more? Ooh. There's been more than one. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So yeah, that's I. I mean, it's probably gonna fall by the wayside, and it's gonna be like the whole 
Or he wishes you could go back in time and fix everything. It's probably not going to anything come of it. But no, it was very interesting to hear Kyan say one of Aizen's experiments, which to me means there's been more than one. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me, actually. It's Aizen. He's got fingers in every pie imaginable. Why wasn't Aizen in the 12th? (laughs) I think that would have made it too obvious, right? But I think he was doing all of that stuff on the side regardless. So Yeah, you're right. He should have been. Um... Cool. Well, if that is us, shall we move into uh, our Shinigami Cup Peroxide Edition? Sure thing. Mine, I'm going to apologise for this one. <laughs> yeah, who would it best? Aranero and the face of Wookiee's dead lieutenant. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, wow. <laughs> wow. That, that, that hurt. That hurt. Yeah, yeah that yeah. hurt. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, my who wore it best, I put Uriu wearing his defensiveness when his outfit got questioned. <laughs> like, she's like, I can't remember exactly what she says, but she questions what he's wearing, and he's like, oh, look who's talking! And he got so defensive, and I just thought it was very funny. Yeah, there was a lot of questioning to his outfit, wasn't there? Yeah. Forgotten about that. <laughs> it was very funny. And who was your best oh. ship? Okay, so, um, because I thought you might do the obvious. Yeah. Um, mine is Ichigo and Kindness. It'll stab him in the back, just like a relationship will. <laughs> nice! <laughs> yeah, I did the obvious. I went for Rukia and Kayan, right? But not from the seriousness of it, but from the fact that, like, I'm sorry, did you see... The- I know I took a picture and sent it to the host chat. Did you see the angle of that, some of the, those, those, like, sections? He's literally standing up. She's on her knees. She's facing his groin. He's got his hand on her head and he's saying, there's something I want you to do for me. I, I, they did that on purpose. Like, they had to have done that on purpose. They must have known what they were doing. I, I was like, are you joking? Like, how can I even take this seriously right now? I'm laughing so hard. The funny thing is, is that it's not the fact that I was at this, like one of the same pages, um, screenshots you were. But when I went back to lift, watch one for... Um, episode 49 there's a scene in that one where Kyan is <laughs> hot towering above her hand on head <laughs> you know <laughs> like he's starting a young that's what he's doing oh wow no me wow <laughs> wow yeah so that was uh and it was more just like I wasn't like a serious ship it was just like a fun one um yeah I just had to because it was so funny like I, as soon as I noticed that, I was like oh my god <laughs> Oh, right, and uh, we're not doing our double takes because we're, we're now uh, new streamlined for this year. So we'll come in our fandom shout out then. Who have you got, Nomi? So, um, I mean, I've technically I've got two because okay. my first one is you. Oh, me? Yes. Why me? You are my fandom shout out. Your fic, your pirate AU fic that you gifted to me just needs to be shared to the world because it is amazing. We've got Iruki Hime. Um, ship, but it's also got characters that you don't normally see. It's got Lisa, and you know, there's Yorichi in there, and you've got Vangiku, and it's just so amazingly put together and so well done, and I just love it to pieces. Hey! So thank you. Oh, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm really glad. Yeah. yeah, I will get the other chapter of that up because it's just a two parter. I will get that done at uh, ASAP. You're fine. <laughs> um, but my other one is this image to celebrate Kisuke and Yoichi's birthdays that were just past. Kisuke's birthday was on the 31st of January oh! and Yoichi was on the 1st of January and this image is just, they've got little ears 
and they're just you know having the best life and the shading is just so amazing it's so amazing oh the art is so soft like there's something about oh it's beautiful it's so mm. pretty the more i look at it the more beautiful it is yeah i you and can see those two going out celebrating like new year together like they, oh, they must have got hammered every year like that just oh. seems like something those two would do yeah no and they they took the scottish way of doing things and took two days off to recover it's fine of course of course <laughs> but we've got hogmanay we've got two holidays to celebrate you've got hogmanay and new year so yeah <laughs> they just let's face it they took trips to scotland fuck it oh they did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is by Elva, um at elva underscore what underscore the on twitter shout out for them for this incredible looks like they're korean as well if they're tweets anything to go by it's amazing love it love it love it okay so i have a piece that was done by uh, uh whimsicott with three t's on the end uh and this is on tumblr and it is it's it's like ukiora and orahime and i just think that it's it made me chuckle and it is this little comic panel where ukiora is saying do i scare you and he's like showing the hole that he's got and it's this little hollow hole and he's like does this scare you and orahime's like no it's not scary it reminds me of a donut <laughs> I've seen them about they're so funny. <laughs> they're cute little chibi style and it's icky on his face at the end for it's like it's all sparkly and it's got a donut beside <laughs> him and it's just it's perfect. It really made me chuckle. So shout out to you, Whimsicott on Tumblr. Go check them out. All these links will be in our show notes, so please go and check them out. Yeah. And I think that is everything from my end. You know me? Yeah, I'm good. I'm just, I'm never, I'm never not going to stop being hyped whenever I hear Ichigo's theme in the manga that we're watching now, mm. knowing what to, what to come. So <laughs> this is it, guys. We're getting there. We're on, we're, we're on the countdown. <sighs> the final countdown. <laughs> to number one. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. Well, you wonderful souls, that is the end of another episode. If you liked what you heard and you want to get involved, you can find us by searching for The Serite on Tumblr, Instagram and Facebook and T Serite on Twitter. Each of these platforms will link you to our fantastically deadly Discord family where you can chat with us about the show, read fan fiction, take part in creative challenges and talk anything and everything bleach. Now... Ichigo and Rukia might reap souls, but we are hoping to reap some five-star reviews, and that is where you come in. Make like our favourite orange-haired protector and Ichigo to iTunes to rate us, review us, and make us feel like number one. To those of you listening on iTunes, uh, or on YouTube, sorry, don't forget to be like Chad and give us a good, good thumbs up, because we really appreciate it. On the next episode of the podcast, we're going to be covering anime episodes 155, Rukia, Rukia Retaliates, release of the Desperate Kiro, 156, Ishida and Pesci, The United Attack of Friendship, and 157, Ishida's Trump Card, The Cutter of Souls. We'll see you souls then. Till next time, bye!